for many centuries before the birth of Christ, there was a great longing for the coming of God, for coming of the Messiah. It was something inside of the people's hearts longing for someone who would be a, a man of God, who would be able to do extraordinary things. Because down deep in our hearts, we know that there's something not right within us. There's something not right in the society. We see human sinfulness, brokenness, divisions, hate. We see that. We see violence. We see these types of divisions. And there's something inside of our heart where we know that this is not right. This is something not right. This is how God made us. Even when we have sinned, we still are able to see things. We long for things. We are not able to perhaps do it. We're not able to carry it out because of that human weakness. And yet we know what is right. We know what, we would, we, what people desire. You know what parents wish for their children. You know what spouses wish for, their, for themselves, for each other. We also know what we wish as a nation too. We may have distorted vision because of sin, so we may wish and desire things which are not of God. But since we're not open to, the, to revelation, we don't seem to always see what we seek and desire. We don't exactly know. And yet we see here today, if we look from the book of the prophet Isaiah, and Isaiah was, was someone who lived six, 700 years before Christ, and what he sees is he sees the difficulties in human life. And he, sees, and he sees the time also under inspiration of God. He sees that there will be a messianic time. There will be a grace that will be given, be poured out upon this earth. And as yesterday we have heard that this, this Messiah will be someone who is of David stock, a shoot, was proud from the stump of Jesse someone who would be holy, someone who would be filled with wisdom of God, someone who would not judge by, by hearsay, but will judge honestly, someone who will look out for the good of, the, of those who are broken, those who are poor, the widows, the orphans, those who are in need of, of God's mercy. So be someone who would see and help. But there's more which Isaiah speaks of today. He also sees as not only something that we will see in this person, but also the person who have power, capacity to transform is God who will save. And he has this image, the metaphors here, the metaphors of a desert and parched land. Nothing grows. I don't know if you've ever tra traveled through a desert. I have had the pleasure of doing so. There's nothing there. There's nothing. I have seen also places, you know, where <clears throat> But there's no rain, like Arizona or so wherever. There's no red rain for seven, eight months. See, everything is dry, except if there's water, oasis, you know, then you have something green. It's such a big, huge contrast. The desert and the parched land will exalt. Why? The step will rejoice. Why? Because God will grant the grace of water. Water. The, the, he will give the grace of life-giving water, will transform the desert, into, into a bloom with abundant flowers and rejoice with joyful song. And the glory of Lebanon will be given to them. Glory of Lebanon was known as a coast where everything was green, beautiful trees were growing, everything else. And so he says, well, that beautiful glory of Lebanon will be also introduced into the parched and desert. 
and, and the splendor of Carmel too and Sharon, which is also the beautiful fertile land will be given to this, 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 this uh, desert, desert. And so therefore he says, strengthen the hands of, uh, that are feeble, make firm the knees that are weak. Why? God says, be strong, fear not, I am with you. I will be able to help you transform the desert and the parched land, all the things that you wish and desire, but you cannot attain. And then only if you embrace God's visitation, then he says, then he says, then the eyes of the blind will be open and the ears of the deaf will be cleared. Then will the lame leap like a stag, then the tongue of the mute will sing. So, <clears throat> so we can see when God comes, something comes and trans is being transformed by grace. And you know, I would have to say this, you know, for all of us, you know, we say, well, God, Jesus did come. So how come we don't have yet that fullness? And it is true, we can say it isn't. Well, the fact is this, God gave us, but do we welcome it? Do we receive it? Do we wish to accept? We see what the saints have done. When they receive grace, there's an incredible transformation that takes place in their life and in the environment around them, the people around them. You know, we can speak of grace that was at work in, in John Paul or, or Faustina or Mother Teresa. We see how grace of God can transform and see how God's grace can transform even, even desert. You know, have you ever been to Fatima? You know, the whole area especially, very dry. There's not, not much. In the middle of nowhere, what, when grace of God is given, when Our Lady appeared, the Mother of God, the whole place is transformed. It's a beautiful town, the city even. Everything is there, green and beautiful, flowers, every place. God, what God has done through for, for, you know, in a place like Lourdes, in the middle of nowhere, or even Medjugorje, or, or Guadalupe. When grace is given, it transforms the place. Because people go to seek the oasis of grace. It's not because, you know, business people showed up there. First was grace, people were coming there even if there was nothing there. They were seeking grace, the oasis of grace. The image of, of, um, from Isaiah, which we see as, as this, this water, streams flowing into the desert. We speak in a language, not just a, a physical, nature, natural way, but also spiritual. Streams of grace flow. The streams of grace that flew into the hearts of people who went to Lourdes or, or they went to Guadalupe to this very day, going and streams of grace keep flowing and flowing, just like that water in Lourdes, in that grotto, keeps flowing and flowing. Grace in the same way. Grace flows in sanctuaries and shrines. You know, you know, here it is in Stockbridge, in the middle, in a little town, small town. And yet somehow God chooses. John Paul, when he wrote on the significance of shrines, is God chooses places for special grace to be given to the people, grace of renewal, of mercy. This God chooses. And this is why we are recipients. 
we didn't do anything except we show up here, be here, and yet the mercy of God somehow chose a place for for the sort of extra supplies of divine grace to flow, not only here in a physical sense, but also through media and through other ways that has gone around the world. Why? Because God loves the world so much. God loves us so much. He does not want us to be, to be abandoned, to be left in the desert of our spiritual life, but he wants to enliven it. He wants to give us the grace. He wants to transform us. And this is what he wishes and desires. And when we look at the gospel today, <clears throat> it's very, very interesting scenery. Can you imagine? We have Pharisees, which means the educated, and the teachers. <clears throat> they want to see what Jesus is doing. They want to hear him. So in this particular place, you've got people, the way this, the, St. Luke describes is that these teachers and Pharisees from every village of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. They all show up there. They must have, they didn't send a text message. They must have written to each other. We're going to be, we want to hear it. And finally, we want to resolve, who is this Jesus? I want, we want to hear him. We want to get our own opinion, not just somebody else who's telling us who he is. So they all show up. They all come. Well, where Jesus was, people heard. He performs miracles. He heals. He does extraordinary things. So guess what? Four gentlemen say we, they have a friend. And they have a friend who is paralyzed. He can't walk. They want him. Maybe he was one of them. Maybe he enjoyed, you know, activities as just as they do. And something happened to him. Maybe he fell down, whatever. We do not know what the reason was for his being paralyzed. But they know they want him to be healed. And they know that Jesus is the one who is able to give the gift of healing. Well, so many Pharisees and teachers are every place you can't get through. They probably said, what are you doing here, you know? You know, you should have come early if you wanted to be next to Jesus. So they're not able to. So what do they do? I don't know if you know, in, in Europe you have tiles. Sometimes here too, when you have clay tiles, you can actually lift them and you can draw people in. So they go and they lift all the tiles. And so they let the stretcher in with a, with a, a paralyzed person, and up has been. And guess what happens? Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And then, he's, and then what happens is he must have seen the shock of the Pharisees and, and, uh, and the teachers of the law, you know, the lawyers in this case. They see a shock because what Jesus said as a human being they said, no one can forgive sins but God alone. So who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Only God can forgive sins. And what Jesus says to them, very simple, which is easier to say. <clears throat> Your sins are forgiven or rise and walk, be healed. Obviously, it is easier to say your sins are forgiven. But the problem is, but they don't believe because they think he's a blasphemer. So he says to them, so that you may know that the Son of Man 
has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your stretcher and go home so that you may believe, that you may know, not believe, so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins. I say, rise, pick up your stretcher and go home. And of course, when Jesus says those words, he gets up, rises, picks up his mat, stretcher and walks. Jesus gave us the authority. He said, receive the Holy Spirit whose sins you shall forgive are forgiven them. God has entrusted this authority to us. We may not appreciate sin as much because we have a, a culture that seems to have forgotten what sin is. John Paul said the greatest sin of today is the lack of awareness of sin. And yet we have the authority and we know what sin is, how much Jesus had to suffer. We know sin, what sin is. Anyone in a family when there's a division and hate and brokenness. We know what sin is because usually the consequences of sin are evident. This is why destroy people. Infidelity of marriage destroys and leads to divorces, painful divorces, separations. We know that people betray each other in different ways in business, business partners. We see how people can be accused easily and they, they live with the resentment even if they're innocent. So we know what sin is. But God gave us and entrusted this power to forgive sins. The same way too, the power of Christ is at work when we celebrate the Eucharist. And we say, this is my body, it's my, my blood, through the power of the Holy Spirit. is real because this is just as Jesus said, which one is easier to say? And the easier to say is not because of us, but because of the power of God in us. God has entrusted certain prowess and gifts is given to us. And so that's why today, as we gather for this Eucharist, we are to be encouraged that no matter what type of deserts and parched land are in our hearts, no matter how dry we are, how discouraged we are, how disillusioned we are, no matter what type of fears we have, worries we have, ultimately, this world does not belong to human beings. It belongs to God. And we can manipulate, we can try to force, we can try to you know, use violence to attain good, but it will not last. It's temporary and then it comes back. It comes back and, and like a boomerang, hits us back again years later when we do something wrong today, we do not acknowledge, we do not apologize, we do not 
seek reconciliation, it comes back, hits us, because that's, those are the laws of God, the laws of grace. No one who has gone and tried to attain power or riches, whatever it may be, fame through evil means, it may for a while be seemingly like it works, but ultimately they die in disgrace. It's not possible because that's how God made us. That's how God made this earth. And so that's why if there's, no, if there's no conversion, if there's no acknowledgement of, of our brokenness, then shame comes. Then, then uh, all kinds of things happen to us because the Lord wants us to be home with him. He will not let us go. He loves us too much to let us just be whatever we wish to be. He wants us to be home. But there's an invitation here today is by those four men because their, their faith was the one Jesus recognized. Is their friends. It's not the men there because they just took him along. It's them because he couldn't do it himself. He was incapable of going and seeing Jesus, meeting him. They're the ones. And I think the invitation today as the last, last element of this reflection is the responsibility that we have to carry our brothers and sisters to Christ. They may not be able to do so, but we are the ones. And we have to believe that our prayer is not empty words, that our prayer, persevering prayer, even if it takes a year, two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, we should never stop. Because when we don't stop, Ultimately, whether five, 10, or 20 years, grace comes, conversions come, transformations come. You know, there was a, a beautiful, the association of grandparents, grandparents association where started in Ireland, beautiful tradition. They say, what are grandparents doing? Are they praying enough? Are they praying enough for their grandchildren? for the new generation. Are they praying for their children? What about aunts and uncles sometimes? What about cousins? All of us are invited to help one another. And the power of that prayer, the power of the sacramental grace which is given is without limits. Just wait and see. Because sometimes we have, we have some we try to do good, but the evil one sows all kinds of weeds. And it seems like, where are those weeds coming from? I send my children to Catholic school, and what is going on right now? They seem to have been so affected by the weeds of the culture in which we live. It seems like you're going the wrong way. But this is not what we have as Christians. This is not what God gave the inspiration to the to the, uh, to the prophets 700, 800, or 600, or 500 years, they lived in that awareness of the power of God to be available to us one day because God will come. God will save. God will come, and Jesus did. And Jesus is coming today, too. Not only 2,000 years ago, he's coming today, coming to us through the Eucharist. He's not just there in the history. He's today. He comes today. He wants to do the same. He wants to find a dwelling place within us. He wants to transform the desert within our hearts into a true beautiful oasis of love, of grace, of forgiveness, 
of hope, faith. He wants to transform, and we know that he's capable. As we continue with the sacred liturgy, let us invite the Lord in our hearts again and again that he may transform, that he may cleanse, that he may make us truly sons and daughters of God destined for paradise. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.